Welcome. Good evening. We're very blessed to have two such uh, excellent kirtaniers in our presence. Probably, of course, Agni's very famous, but uh, hidden treasure is uh, also here in the person of Mitra Sain. Mitra Sain We are not supposed to glorify others in front of the deity, but it's hard not to when they're so illustrious. And Chaitanya Mahaprabhu himself glorified his own devotees in his own presence. <laughs> and he's a teacher. So, so yes, and and I don't know if um, everyone knows this, but um, His Grace Mitrasen is moving to Saragrahi in the near future. Haribol. along with his well-known wife, Mahara, does he? And so now all we have to do is get Agni to move here. (laughs) Now, Agni doesn't have a family. He left his family for the Holy Name, and the Holy Name is taking him around the world, but I think he needs some kind of a base in America to light down somewhere. So we have to build him a cabin at Saragrahi. Take care of him. Okay, we're working on it. Yes. So, tonight we do something a little different for the pleasure of the Vaishnavas. I've been asked by several devotees if I could read a little something from from what I'm writing. So, with, for whatever it's worth, we'll read a little bit. And... Um, see where that goes. And um, this is from, as I say, the current book that I'm working on, which is um, more than half finished at this time in the initial draft. And it's entitled uh, Friends Forever, Sakirati in Utumbakti. So it's about uh, fraternal love of God. Sakirati means the... Uh, the uh, love, rati, of uh, friendliness, and that in Uttambakti. So Uttambakti, of course, is the is the name of bhakti uh, that we practice, uh, given by Rupa Goswami in his Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu. He draws that also from Nard Pancharatra, the works of Nard. Um, um, and the Bhagavatam, um, but uh, this is his own title. There are different titles or names for the same thing. Um, Shuddha Bhakti, um, Keval Bhakti, um, there's more. Uttam Bhakti. Hmm? Yeah, that's the one. We're working on other ones. <laughs> other ones. Um, uh, Ananya Bhakti as it's mentioned in the Gita, and so forth. But uh, Uttambhakti is, is a nice uh, description, um, uh, descriptive name that Rupa Goswami has referred to his uh, bhakti as explained in Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu. This is, of course, bhakti is a popular idea in the um, yoga community around the world. But um, very few people who um, who have some affinity for bhakti have studied bhakti rasamrita sindhu, and there is no more uh, definitive book uh, on the subject. It's quite a tome, quite a large text, and uh, it's a book about the tattva of bhakti, or the the philosophical, theological implications uh, uh, in that in the context of describing. The practice from beginning to its never-ending conclusion in in, in Premarasa and Bhakti Rasa. Um, so that kind of Sakirati of Uttam Bhakti. This is the subject, the title of the book, <clears throat> and of course, um, why write a book like that? Um, one of the reasons, and a prominent one, is that this was stated and uh, uh, 
repeatedly stated uh, uh, affinity of my Guru Maharaj, Om Vishnupada Simakabhinanta Swami Prabhupada, in his poetry, uh, poeticizing his most intimate uh, introspective moments, for example, aboard the Jaladutta, very famous verses there where he has uh, expressed his desire to attain uh, the uh, life of a coward in uh, in Krishna Leela. And they've done it very, very systematically there by um, first, well, I don't want to explain the whole poem, but uh, from a very clever way getting Krishna's attention in the poem and then, then furthermore, having done that, he, he, he speaks in half writes in half the poem about Sharanagati. Hmm? And Sharanagati in the context, Sharanagati means surrender. Hmm? This is this Sharanagati is the aspect of bhakti that needs to be in place as somewhat of a foundational stage in order that the drama of Krishna Bhakti, the Bhava and the Leela might be performed in heart. And um, so a little work to get the stage set up. And uh, this covers the stages of sadhana bhakti from shraddha, initial shraddha, initial faith, up to asakti, after which comes bhava and, and prema. So the sadhana bhakti then is much about sharanagati. And if you want to talk about bhava, which is a nice subject, it shouldn't be at the cost of talking about and focusing in, uh, one's attention on Sharanagati, out of which it will arise, without which it won't. So, in Sharanagati, of course, another way of explaining it is that Shraddha, or faith, that gives us the eligibility to tread the path of bhakti, which is unique amongst the spiritual paths, because all spiritual paths require certain qualifications. I've highlighted in the past, it's worth repeating, that in yoga sadhana of Astanga Yoga, as mentioned in the Yoga Sutras, and as mentioned in the sixth chapter of the Gita, which is about Astanga Yoga, one of the prerequisites for the practice is Brahmacharya. That's a pretty tall prerequisite. There are fancy interpretations of what that means in the modern age, but what it meant in the Gita and in the Patanjali Sutras is, is something else. It's what it's Bhishma. If you know the story of the Mahabharata, Mahar Bhishma vowed to as a Chatriya, who's a pretty how would you call it um, man's man or something. <laughs> uh, Woman's man, maybe you know, in, in, in as it would be in a previous uh, culture, um, uh, to accept a vow of celibacy would be like out of this world, un, un, out of the question, so to speak. Uh, but he did for reasons uh, that are explained there in 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 the text of Mahabharata. And the heavens shouted, "Bhishma," isn't it? Bhishma, like whoa. Impossible. How could it be? So um, it's a tall uh, order and and a very uh, high uh, level of uh, a prerequisite or qualification to to begin the practice. I mean, all kinds of people do astanga yoga. They teach it and everything. But I'm this we're going to the to the texts themselves, where it comes from, so that we're not guilty of cultural appropriation. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> um, so, so that, and of course, in the Gita, we we find that the same. And in Gyanmarg, of course, uh, the path of Gyan requires a pure heart to start. It's about it's a it's a contemplative path. So to sit and contemplate, you can't have a lot of things going on in your heart that make you get up and go places and have to do things and want things and so forth. So to steady the mind, then you have to have a a clear heart, a pure heart. Hmm. So this is just an example of of the um, the qualifications that such paths uh, ask, and so 
they also obviously require faith in the path and the instructor and so forth. But bhakti, by contrast, this is its sole uh, qualification. If, if, if one has faith, then one can take up the path. That speaks to its power. Hmm? Um, <clears throat> so, um, so from so shraddha, this faith, to kind of bring it into the objectify it a little bit because it's a little abstract faith. It's too abstract for the rationalists. They think faith is a deviation from reason it ha- and get rid of it. It's a, it's a useless. But faith really is the animating principle in life. In the Gita, Krishna says, Shraddho ayam purushaha. A person is their faith. And we move according to our faith, or according to our convictions. Hmm? And when our... Um, when we are lacking faith in, to whatever extent in, in, on any course, any path, then uh, uh, some, from the suspicion, which is, would be the opposite of faith, comes suspension. So we, our animation becomes suspended by to the measure of the absence of our faith that if we proceed, such and such will happen and so on and so forth. So shraddha as described in the Gita, is the animating principle in life. It's hardly something to to do away with. Hmm. Of course, there's faith in different modes of nature, and uh, Krishna explains that. And then there is transcendental faith, and that comes shodhavan janohe, shodhavan janohe. That's hmm. a faithful... Nityanandabhu was giving out this faith very readily, and uh, who has that... Uh, and they can take up. This is the this is the cost. He set up. Um, what is it in the song? So it's no the other one. Kodanitai, Kodanitai, Borosuke Kaborgai, Borosuke Borosuke Kaborgai. It's a good news. Great. It has held the headlines. Extra, extra. Hmm. <laughs> Nityananda Prabhu has set up a marketplace and he's selling the most valuable thing. Hmm. Chintamani Swarup. Hmm. Nam. Well, all your wishes can be fulfilled from the Nam. Hmm. Chintam- Nama Chintamani Krishnas. Right? Chaitanya Rasa Bigraha Purnashudha Nityamukta. I was saying the other day that the perfection of sound is the extent to which the sound that is identified with the object actually corresponds with the object. So you say the sound and you experience the object, even in its apparent absence, would be the, you know, the perfection. And so, of course, this plays out um, with regard to the transcendental sound vibration of the holy name, binatvam namanam, you know, the name and the named, the name, Krishna, and that who it's naming, the form, are one and the same. They're the same, but there's a slight difference. Just leave it to Gaudi Vaishnavism to be confusing. They're the same, but they're different. What is the difference? The difference is that the name is more generous than the form. Brahma offended the form of Krishna. But the name came to him in his birth as Haridas Thakur hmm? hmm? and delivered him to a kind of to the his, the ideal of his brain. So, um, so um, Shraddha, then to give it some some objectify it a little bit so that we can because that's where we are. We kind of are we we really live in the subjective world, but we've we've polluted it <laughs> by way of being focused on the objective world. Hmm? So, so the mind is said, It can be the friend or it can be the enemy of the jiva. Hmm? Yoga is a, is a way for making friends with the mind. you got to negotiate. you got to be skillful in your practice. you got to learn how to feed a little bit 
and then starve it a little bit. Don't try to starve it all together. It'll break out of the cage and devour you. You have to learn how sometimes how to go in the back door and through the window and somehow but cap to capture uh, the mind. So capturing the mind and the mind becomes the friend. So this, is the, this is the subjective world, right, of psychic matter. To capture that hmm, means to, to then to withdraw it from its preoccupation with the objective world and in a powerful way by bringing not only the Atma but the prospect of the Atma in Bhakti hmm, into the mind, bringing Bhakti into the mind and the heart, the Chitta. Hmm. So, um, so Shraddha, then to, to, to um, uh, objectify, because that's where we're unfortunately focused in the objective world, what is this, I'm talking about it in a way that we can try to get a handle on it, but Bhakti Vinod has said, and this is my point, that it is outwardly expressed as Sharanagati. Hmm? What's Sharanagati? What does it mean to surrender? Krishna says surrender. Well, it's been very um, nicely explained. Um, we find that it is an anga of a limb of the body of bhakti, as explained by Rupa Goswami. It's prominent. It's one of the prominent aspects of the Ramanuja Sampradaya that we find in our Sampradaya. And in our Paribar, coming from Bhakti Vinod, it's, it's been emphasized considerably by the Thakur Bhakti Vinod. It's sixfold in its uh, characteristics, one of them which is is principle, the others of which are marginal. So you can learn about Sharanagati. Um, and that's what we're we're doing here. Before attaining Bhav, we're pursuing Sharanagati in pursuit of Bhav with the sensible approach of building a stage hmm, on which in our heart in which the drama will come to a theater near you soon, coming to a theater near you. But don't think that the show is going to come to town if you don't build the stage. That's not going to happen. You can't just put on a shirt, a t-shirt that says, Be in the Bhav, and, ex- and think that that's what Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu is, is, is talking about. Hmm? So it's a very important uh, text, and devotees should should uh, learn it. Prabhupada, of course, did a summary study of it that he termed, titled, The Nectar of Devotion. Hmm? So. I think he called it a handbook to Bhakti or something like that. So um, so there we find Uttam Bhakti and the beautiful definition that the, that the book springs out of and uh, um, explores really largely uh, all the possibilities of Bhakti, although the Manduria Rasa is only spoken of in a condensed form there. Because the sequel to this is Ujbal Nilmani, where that is played out in greater detail. Rupa Goswami's other bhakti book about bhakti rasa. <clears throat> so, excuse me. So Sakirati of Uttam Bhakti, friends forever. As a title, <laughs> and um, and uh, Sakirati, of course, has a place in. Gaudiya Vaishnavism, and again, my Guru Maharaj had that um, ideal, and there are others too. In the book I've written about the history of that, from the beginning to the modern day, examples of the current flowing through. It's kind of a a a a a um, a. Um, Prabhu, I'll put it this way: would get the award for the Academy Award in the drama of Gorilla for best supporting actor. Hmm? He is the sesh. He is the support of the whole affair, right? Making it all all possible. And he's driven by his sakya, by his friendship for Krishna. So naturally, the book about Sakyarati has to begin uh, with some mention of him, but him in a form of Balaram. Hmm? Uh, from where this Sakyarati is exported in Golok, in Gokul of Golok, in, in, in Aprakat, the unmanifest Lila, to this world, Goloker Premodhan Hori Nam Sankirtan. Right? As Narutam Thakur says. So exported from there, the medium through 
through which it's exported is the holy name. And so the whole of Krishna Lila empties out and stays there at the same time, as we've explained at other times, and appears in a new a new drama, an extension of the Krishna Lila called Gaur Lila, where Krishna's pursuing the uh, hims- what it is that uh, makes Radha the way she is, which is so attractive to him that it drives him mad. Radhikar premer unmat, he says. The prem of Radha drives me mad. Ami guru shisha nata. Hmm. Ami shisha, excuse me, guru nata. I am the shisha, I am the disciple, and in the school of nata, dancing, she is my guru. Hmm. So, Krishna has a few gurus. It's okay. Hmm. Uh, this is in 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 Ajain, He has uh, Sandipani Muni as his his guru, but his uh, his Rasa guru is uh, is Radha herself. Couldn't have better <laughs> better better choice there, better teacher. Hmm. So so that world, Golok the bridge really comes to Navadweep. So I've begun the book in Golok and then we'll we end with the birth, if you will, of Sakirati. So I'll I'll just read a little something for the pleasure of the Vaishnavas and it's a little poetic in, in parts. When the elderly mystic Purnamasi wrapped in saffron cloth and effulgent as the full moon after whom she is named, arrived in Braj, she was accompanied by the farcical Brahmin boy Madhumangal, posing as the student of Narada. This student, like his elderly feminine companion, who never wanes or waxes, also never ages. Is he not the original Brahmin that Narada is but an approximation of? But let us not wander too far adrift from the play at hand. The timing of their arrival coincided with the pregnancy of Yashoda, an event that the entire cowherd community longed for in such measure that it consumed the cowherds, like the long, dark night of the soul in separation from its source. On this night their darkness was illumined by Purnamasi's mystic insight that she readily shared. The male, male child of Nanda and Yashoda they longed for, an heir to the kingdom of the cowherds, was already within Yashoda's womb. And along with this news of Yashoda's fortune, another auspicious child bearing, excuse me, another auspicious child bearing dom of a lady arrived stealthily on a black mare. <laughs> Like a red cow of plenty, she was named after the asterism Rohini that is depicted as a red cow bearing tidings of a plentiful harvest. The second mother met in bliss. This second mother met in bliss with Yashoda while bearing he who would be the very best friend of Yashoda's own issue. The camaraderie of the ladies would be excelled only by their sons' fraternal feelings for one another. Rohini's issue came first on the full moon of the Shravan moon season, monsoon season, eight days before the birth of Yasumati's Nandan. What can be said about his appearance when words fail even in capturing the fullness of ordinary events? Although words fail to do justice, we are not rendered silence. He himself was the sound of meditative silence, about which one cannot say enough. Crystal-like in complexion, the perfection, the perfect reflection of the sun's light that the moon unto itself cannot produce, this boy was born to give joy to the son of Yashoda, to reflect his light and make it approachable, just as the guru does in relation to Krishna. Perhaps the most astounding thing about in relation to God, I should say. Perhaps the most astounding thing about his birth was the fact that, despite his beauty and other auspicious qualities, he was, for all intents and purposes, unconscious 
of the world around him. Only when Yashoda took him on her lap and he could feel his brother within her womb would he come to life. And only after her son, Krishna, was born did this peculiarity subside. His name is Ram, Balaram, Krishna's best friend and older brother, Sakirati personified, not as a Shakti tattva, but as Vishnu tattva. The two, Ram and Krishna, Sevaka and Savya Bhagwan. Then a slight, a short poem. <laughs> Sevaka, about Sevaka Bhagavan. Sevaka Bhagavan. Feet, soft, like the lotus, long, strong arms with hands that reach to his knees, broad chest, garlanded with gunja, dark hair raised and tied in a top knot, circled with a bounty of forest flowers. Balaram's beauty knows no bounds. His complexion clear and white, like reflective moonlight. Bhagavan of friendly frame of mind, he sometimes serves, while at other times is concerned with how his younger brother behaves. Sages call him Baladev. Mighty, witty, wise and well-dressed in midnight blue, Tilak made of musk deer hue, his cheek kissed by a single earring, a lotus circled by bees, decorates his ear. Balaram, oh Balaram, of voice deep in tone, when will I hear your call to serve the sound of your buffalo horn? Sri Balaram, so I'll... <laughs> it's peculiar, huh? I'll, I'll make a few comments to help us appreciate what's uh, going on here. Some I could ask somebody to write a commentary on my book. <laughs> Maybe Maharaj. So Purnamasi, of course, is the um, is means full moon, and she appears in Braj uh, from Mathura along with Madhu Mangal. Hmm? And she uh, appears as a mystic uh, shaman lady, if you will. Um, and um, she here is described as wrapped in saffron, although Rupa Goswami wraps her in white. Jiva Goswami wraps her in saffron in his Gopal Champu. So, um, to emphasize her uh, mysticism, if you will, despite the fact that she's luminous like the full moon and therefore uh, sometimes described as dressed in white to emphasize that uh, point. And of course the moon has influence over the tides hmm? and the tides have influence over our feelings hmm? pressing on our senses, uh, like during a codice, for example, making them more prone to enjoy. And, and the moon also is the, is, the, is the planet that presides over the mind, which is the realm of emotion, mind-emotion, the manas. moon presides over that. And um, it is there in, in the mind that Baba will take its seat and ride on the mind and, uh, and override any, ultimately any material emotions giving rise to the possibility of spiritual emotions. So she is a very important person in Krishna Leela and very much um, um, a uh, one of the figures. They're all of the same kind of Shakti Tattva that are involved in orchestrating the drama of the Leela. Hmm. As it as it plays out, uh, particularly the the, uh, the Paraki above of of, uh, of of Braj, so she came to Braj at a time when the highest heaven was in great depression. Hmm. How can you be depressed in heaven? All right, so, but they were, and the depression was one that was building, building as time went on, because the perfect couple. Nanda and Yashoda had no issue. Hmm? So who will be the successor and keep this beautiful community going on, so to speak, was the, was the concern. Hmm? 
and uh, unbeknownst to them, when their depression, which is is kind of a form of 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 love in separation, that when it reaches high enough pitch, then union occurs. So the, the, the lila moves like the like the ocean, high tide and low tide. High tide is the union, low tide is the separation. They both um, uh, foster one another. You can't say one is better than the other. They're both part, integ- integral parts of, of bhakti rasa. Hmm? Um, so, what was the point? So, um, Pardon? Yes. Yeah, so the so the separation of taking the form of concern and and depression and king doesn't have a son. King Nanda doesn't have a son. Reach a certain point, and so Purnamasi comes into uh, into Braj at that time. Unbeknownst to the inhabitants, then Yashoda had become pregnant, and it was quite an ordeal for them. To uh, accomplish that, um, with the worship of Narayan, it said that Nanda Maharaj had a problem, and he confessed it to his wife. The reason we have no issue is that we've had no union. The reason we had no union is because every time I think of having a union with you in intimacy for the sake of uh, having progeny, I get this idea, this picture of a son who's more beautiful and qualified than Narayan, and I think that's impossible. I can, and then I and I lose my enthusiasm and I become confused. Hmm? And you sort of said, same thing happened to me. Hmm? So they thought, well, let's worship our god Narayan. Hmm? We're Vaishnavas. Let's do a special vrat, you know, for his uh, pleasure. So they performed uh, the Duodasi vrat, and I don't know for a year or something like that. They ate only milk. Hmm? Very, they had very controlled senses, and, and uh, so. Krishna appears out of the controlled yogic mind and senses. <clears throat> it's kind of the idea there. So, at any rate, she had become pregnant. Of course, Purnamasi, the mystic, she knew, and so she, re- upon arriving at Vrindavan, she revealed to all the in- inhabitants that the the son that you are longing for is already um, uh, on his way. Hmm? So she's bringing good tidings uh, to 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 Braj, and along with her is this uh, uh, Mangal, who's who's introduced as the student of Narada. The point I'm making here, of course, is that that just as Krishna has different leelas with different devotees in different prakashas, different manifestations, there's different like windows. Hmm? They're all going on at, at, at once. Uh, the, the lila, when it appears here in, in this world, the prakat lila, it's more like our lives proceed with a beginning and an end and sequence and and, and so forth. And it able, enables us to get a little bit more of a handle on it. The problem is, of course, in, in trying to do that, we tend to, if we don't have good counsel, good guidance, to, to think of it in ways that start to make it mundane and, and limited. And the uppercut leela is different, although the bhava is the same. The, the difference is that it's like, like I said, there's all these windows of going on all at once. And people are living just in a, in a Sakyarasa window or a Madhuryarasa window or some are living in a Vatsaliarasa window or or more than one. And, and there's the window of Mathura, the window of Dwarka, and, uh, and so on and so forth. Um, there's a window for one pastime that you could stay in forever. So, <laughs> uh, so, um, so, Krishna being the fountainhead of all of his different manifestations, Vishnu Tattva and so forth, um, when he appears, for example, in Mathura, when he appears in in Dwarka, hmm, then the his associates they go with him. So they appear in, in different forms to co- corresponding with those leelas. They have that possibility. They, they are, they're like this Sarup Shakti, like I've explained before, to use an analogy, it's like the heat and light of the fire. You really can't separate it. You can talk about it as there's heat and light. Fire has heat and light. 
but the you can really separate the sparks kind of i mean you can't separate them in the sense that well they're completely dependent upon the fire you can't separate smoke and that it's dependent upon fire but you can separate them more in your mind than you can separate heat and light from fire hmm? and so this srup shakti it's it 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 it's krishna is just living within this srup shakti that his form arises out of the Swarup Shakti. It's his Swarup Shakti. It's his own internal Shakti. So it's in, really inseparable from him. And these paradigmatic figures like Purnamasi, Madhu Mangal, Sri Dham Sudam, Lalita Visaka, Rupa Manjari, and so forth, they are all manifestations of this Swarup Shakti. So, the, so they're different from the Tatasta Shakti that we're constituted of. By their grace, then that Swarup Shakti, an extension of that, will come within us and and enable us to participate in that inner life, if you will. But the point here I'm making is that where Krishna goes, his Srupa Shakti goes with him. Hmm? He's never outside of it. Never. Hmm? Therefore, unless the Srupa Shakti and Bhakti comes to you, Krishna can't go to you. He can't come outside of the influence of his Srupa Shakti. Hmm? Because it, it is its nature. It has... it. it it frame as a characteristic that it conquers Krishna. Hmm? So, so wherever he goes, if you understand the point, the Srupa Shakti is going with him and it is appearing as different personalities relative to the different Leelas and so forth. So, given that Krishna is the fountainhead of all Vishnu Tattva, so these paradigmatic people of Braj are also the fountainhead of all of the associates of Krishna in different leelas. Hmm? You follow? So, somehow, well, here's the example. Madhu Mangal goes with Krishna. Hmm? Wherever he goes, in, let's say, in Vaidhi Bhakti, for Vaidhi Bhakti, as Narada. So Narada's there. Hmm? He's the farcical Brahman, more well-known, in the uh, old-time Indian dramas, he's quite a, you know, he's a character, Narada. You see him doing things like going to Kamsa and saying, hey, you know, I think you should do something about this. You know, he's kind of a, a little bit of a prankster kind of a person. Uh, often we think of him more as a sober, you know, speaker of the Bhagavat to Vyasa and so forth. That side is there as well. Um, but, um, so he is a, the expansion of Manamangal. And this is explained in, in Gopal Champu, and it's also uh, the extension of that also is found in Gorlila, where Srivastakur, who is said to be Narada Muni of Gorlila, um, at a certain point, Krishnadas depicts him as starting to conduct himself like Manamangal, remembering the Braj Lila. Hmm? So, so the so point is, from the point of view of Lila and Bhava, Madhu Mangal comes to Braj and he's the student of Nard. But from the point of view of Tattva, Nard is the expansion of 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 Madhu Mangal. But as I said, let's not get too far away from the play <laughs> at hand here. <laughs> but so uh, so uh, so anyway, then of course we introduce the fact that the timing of Yashoda's pregnancy coincides with the appearance of. Rohini in Braj, and she's coming on a black mare. I've compared her to a dom. Dom, of course, is the name for the for the female bull, or female cow, excuse me, who's, you know, you have the sire and the dom, and the bull and the and the mom, you know, the, the mom and dad. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, and, and Rohini is a certain, uh, of course, uh, stellar constellation, that Krishna is, is is born under, and uh, she is depicted in astrology as a red bull, hmm? a red cow, let's say, of plenty, and uh, coming uh, at uh, you know the end of the rainy season as the harvest season begins. So she's a cow of 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 plenty, and she's got plenty. This Rohini in her, which that is the issue of. Uh, the full face of Balaram, who came in a partial form, appeared 
in the womb of Devaki to prepare that womb for the appearance of Krishna. So there he is in the Dwarka Leela, or excuse me, the Matura Leela. Uh, uh, Krishna's coming. Balaram's going to be there ahead of time. So he's a good, good assistant, good friend. And then, of course, that partial form uh, is transferred by Yogamaya into Rohini, and there he merges into his his full uh, form, the form that he is expansion of, which is Balaram. Hmm? And um, so the two ladies meet, two pregnant ladies, you know, they can get on, you know, with one another. And of course, they're very close. They're, Rohini becomes, lives in the same house with Nanda Maharaj. She's the, she's the wife of Basudev, and, you know, he's preoccupied in prison over there. <laughs> he's doing a prison term, um, unjustly uh, convicted uh, in, uh, in Mathura. So uh, Nanda Maharaj brings her in, and of course both boys are raised by the by the two of them. Um, and so what else have we said here? So yeah, he, he's gonna, he appears as Balaram in Shravan Moon season, Sat Monsoon season, eight days before Krishna, and uh, and it, the, 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 it's peculiar that um, that despite the fact that for all intents and purposes, as I uh, mentioned here. He was deaf, blind, dumb, lame. In other words, he was inert in relation to the external world. Despite being like that, imagine if your child was born like that, you'd think, oh, well, that's pretty bad. Nobody really took notice of it because he was so beautiful. <laughs> and, uh, of course, then when Yashoda picked him up and held him on her lap, then he was close to his friend Krishna, and then he became... He become so then they put him down you know, come, er, then pick him up aha uh-huh, so something about this guy uh, he likes you showed up you know <laughs> something like that and then of course as Krishna is is born then he's fully animated and uh, and he takes the role of the elder elder brother I mean we go into all this in the, in in the chapter mm-hmm. but um, uh, you know these are a few things this crisp complexion is described like a crystal, I think this is uh, the, the, the words used by Rupa Goswami in Radhakrishna Gondadeshtipika, which is a reflective, you know, it, it reflects, so he's reflecting the light of Krishna, like the Guru reflects the light of Krishna and, and bears that for all of us uh, to see, and uh, thereby brings us in connection with Krishna dutifully. So Balaram is, is a Kanda Guru Tattva, the, the, the reservoir of of the uh, of the guru guru tattva, hmm. so I have begun the book uh, like this by way of uh, saying, uh, in, with the intention of saying that that let's begin a book about Sakirati with the birth of Sakirati, which is which is then an emotional moment, as I like to think of it, in the life of of Krishna. Imagine if you had an emotion that was Friendship, and then a friendship personified appeared before you and, and embraced you. This is the the idea. And so, with all the different avatars, there are different waves um, of emotion in the super subjective realm of uh, of bhakti rasa. So, it's a little different class tonight, but by the request of the Vaishnavas, I've read a little something and explained. Any questions? Something kind of related. Kind of related, okay. I mean, it was, um, um, I was wondering why, was it, it was from one of the recent classes, why was it Madhu Mangal that was coming to represent Krishna? Like when, um, the question, John. I should have looked at the question, but I was going to ask it. Um, when you were talking, Krishna asked him in Mathura to represent him. Yeah. When, and Krishna is asking, when the when the Krishna goes to Mathura, then his friends go with him, and then he has to send them back, of course, at a certain point. And he asks these Sakirasa devotees 
to bear the brunt to some extent mm-hmm. of the feelings of separation of those in Madhuriras and Dasiras and in and in, in um um Ras because that's what friends are for. Something like so Sakyarasa has a role uh, like this and um so Krishna calls upon them for that and gives gives letters to Subal to give to the gopis and Radha. He gives another one to Sridham to give to Mother Yashoda and so forth. And this, of course, is, is the impending separation between themselves, the coward boys and Krishna, is, is, is looming. And they're being asked to rise to the occasion, if you will, and give support to the separation of others as their own separation from him comes on with their return, and then they reach very extraordinary states as well of separation. Um, but yes, in that section, Krishna does ask Madhu Mangal to what it is to represent him in mm-hmm. in yeah. some some way. Hmm. Um, Madhu Mangal is, uh, of course, uh, he lives with Krishna uh, at a certain point. He actually meets Krishna in in the Leela uh, sometime after Krishna is uh, is uh, born, raised, he's introduced to by Purnamasi, and they become, of course, fast friends uh, later in the Leela. But at that point, he goes home with Krishna, and that's where he lives. He lives in Nanda Marsh's um, place. Um, so um, um, he's close in that regard. He's a Brahmin, so-called. Hmm. <laughs> He's different than the other coward boys in Sakuras. He's a Brahmin, so maybe because of his, uh, you know, being close in with the family and uh, and whatnot, being a Brahmin, so-called again, yeah, mm-hmm. you know the story of Madhu Mangal uh, that uh, he's asked to represent. But I mean, it's not exclusive because Subal is given a letter to give to the gopis. Hmm. So he's bringing the message. Sridham is taking a letter to to Yashoda and so forth. So it's not something to be underscored necessarily with a super esoteric meeting or anything like that. So he's a bit older than Krishna then? Not too much. They're about the same. That's Leela. You see, he never, as I said, he never ages either. So... So Krishna is going to reach a certain age, and then a certain age, then they're going to meet, and then they're the same age. <laughs> yes, Shama. So is Krishna in the womb, and, and but she gives birth to Yoga Maya, and he's also in the womb of Devi. What's it again? Well, you're saying that when she held Balaram close. Yeah, Krishna's in the womb of Yasoda. And about Devaki? Yeah, Devaki. She gives birth to Krishna. Well, <laughs> apparently she gave birth to somebody that's got four arms, you know, and is born with a helmet on, and uh, who's also named Krishna, Krishna <laughs> Matura. Uh, but um, um, but Yashoda is is the real mother of Krishna. So I, I guess what you're asking, as as the Bhagavatam says, that. Yasoda was Krishna was transferred to the womb of uh, uh, from, from Devaki to yeah to Balaram was transferred. Bal- yeah, no, but Krishna was transferred. Excuse me, after taking birth, right? By Vasudev taken there and brought and uh, and, and so forth. Um, but um, according to the Bhagavatam, it's not that um, Yasoda is not pregnant. She is pregnant, right? She is pregnant at that time, and when Vasudev brings Krishna, he's bringing Vasudev Krishna back to Braj, where he, which is his original place from from Swayam Bhagavan Krishna. He's an expansion, right? Krishna in in Mathura is an expansion of Krishna in Braj. So she bring, not, excuse me, Vasudev brings him back, and Malayasoda is in labor, and she's passed out, and he places his son down and he sees the daughter hmm? 
right? So he picks up the daughter, and then there's the exchange. But if you study carefully, as the Goswamis have and have revealed through their commentaries, the Bhagavatam explains that that um, that Yashoda gave birth to a, a, a boy and a girl, hmm? and the and so uh, Vasudev only saw the girl, and he placed the boy, and then the boy merged back into his his uh, his source, Krishna. And uh, there's of course you know different ways to explain all these things, but the real underlying point is that Mother Yashoda must be the full mother of Krishna, because her prem, her vatsalya prem, is and nothing, no other expression of vatsalya prem exceeds that. So she is the mother of all mothers, uh, the mother of all vatsalya rasa, so to speak. So that's the real rasic point of view. Then you can explain that through a story and a narrative in different ways and, and make it work and so forth. But Do you follow? Yeah. Yeah. So that's what, the, of course, the Goswamis are doing. You know, they, they're they're taking a literary license to write about these transcendental possibilities, Patsalya, Sakya, Madhurya, and poeticizing and dramatizing and, and so forth. And if you can catch that and go through the yogic, you know, development of bhakti that leads to bhav and prem, then that can all come alive and take a shape uh, as they are writing about it and uh, experiencing it, you can as well. Hmm. Land of all possibilities there, and all contradictions are resolved. All right, so we'll stop there. Shri Shri Guru Gauranga Ki Jai, Gaud Premanandi, Haribo.